The Breakdown Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies telling you what you need to know regarding politics breaking it down politics and welcome to another episode of politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies Today, Mercer has the cronies, Sin Wright, and Kaiser F. Christopher Blue. Merck, do your thing. What's going on? Uh, got a lot to talk about. We're going to jump right into it. And uh, welcome, uh, welcome, Sin. Always good to have you on. Hello, hello. Now, I, I think you may be a bit disappointed because I know they had that shooting in Atlanta today. And uh, the cops are already acting up <laughs> but i want to talk about it on saturday you know let let that marinate for a little while longer although it was just pure insanity today like listening to the cops just be like well you were just having a bad day and i was yeah, just like i heard that and i was it pissed me off because it's it's one of those sugar-coated terms for the innocent white terrorists in this country basically i mean i looked at that dude's picture i'm like well that could have been that sheriff's son so i know where that's coming from Right. I'm surprised I'm surprised they ain't buying like some cheesecake factory <laughs> or something. Right. Like <laughs> you just see him in his you see him in his holding cell eating eating a, a porterhouse <laughs> and drinking a drinking drinking boxed wine or something like that. Like, you know. I don't know. I people get mad when I rag on the cops and then they do stuff like this and then they're just like, oh, what are you gonna do? You know. We're gonna get the the BS out of the way because I had some actual. And with that being Georgia, it's understood with a long history of racism against blacks, basically being one of the headquarters states of the Ku Klux Klan and racist organizations that support white supremacy. It's understood that they would say something as stupid and asinine as that because their mentality is you're so close to the brink of violence against others it only takes a little bit for you to go over on edge in order to do it. Yeah, and, and I've never heard of a, a, a sex addiction leading to murder. Like we right. were just like, oh man, I have a sex addiction. Well, time to break out. Well, the there was this one time in band camp, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, did you murder is the question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there are going to be a lot of excuses for this guy. Um, and in a city like Atlanta, of all places, you would think racism would, wouldn't be so prevalent. But when I looked at the list of people that he killed, it, um, it was eight people, right? I think it was um, yeah. six were Asian and two were white. And of the entire eight, seven were women. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> clearly he's not a feminist. And he's racist. He was targeted. He targeted a particular race of people. He just, I feel like the, at least the white man was caught in the crossfire. Yeah. Those women, including the white one, he probably don't like women either, so. Now, was this a massage parlor? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got this massage parlor over here on our Miami, boy. They said you go in there, you get a little massage, massage, your little wee wee get a little massage, massage. You know what I'm saying? I would not go in there because I am definitely afraid of STIs. 
So are we saying that the reason he probably did this, he didn't get a <laughs> He didn't get finished off. He didn't get his happy ending. You know what I'm saying? Fuck this. I saw this on the internet. This is how it's supposed to go down. I saw the Pornhub. Hey! So he, he just he just knocked off the whole French fries. So great. That's what he did. He like this. Nobody getting no pussy today. <laughs> I, I, could, I could imagine him. He looks like the type of guy who would just look at Pornhub and be like, why isn't real life like Pornhub? You know? And then just get mad and start shooting people over it. And then, and then the, the cops, these freaking Hazard County cops over there are like, well, you know, what are you going to do? And when I call out cops for being racist, people get mad at me. And they were like, well, what are we going to do without the cops? How about live 10 years longer? How about that? You know what? No matter what part of Atlanta I'm in, whether it be the affluent end of Buckhead or down to the poorest parts of College Park, I never see white cops. I don't see them mofos until it's time for something like this. For a press conference? Every, yes. I swear to God. Swear to God. I've never seen a white cop in Atlanta in my life. I don't see you know what? That might be a good thing because, you know, our own should police our own areas. People should live in the areas in which they police. I think when we have outsiders coming to those areas, it's causing more issues, which is why we haven't heard anything like this happen in a long time. Which is true. That's why we need our sheriffs (laughs) to be black, too. We don't need a white sheriff in Atlanta. And to be overall. Well, you know, somebody got around them boys up. You know, no, no, boo, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my God, I'm thinking of a freaking... my, my 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 racist white voice. That wasn't a good racist white voice. I thought I've been practicing that all week. Come on now, tell me, tell me something. You know I'm, what? I'm I... thinking about going into voice acting. I need a, I need some tips. Did it, was that okay? It was horrible. You know what my mind went? I don't know if you guys saw the movie Harriet, but at the end when she was fighting nobody and he was on the horse and he had that big whip. I'm sitting here thinking, that's where my mind went. Like, the the sheriff is this guy on a horse with a whip, whipping a bunch of black cops. It just, oh, that was so racist. I don't know. That's how, that's where my I mind went. I haven't seen that movie. Do you know what, is it available online yet? Is it streamable? You know, I don't know, but it's a really good movie. Um, I guarantee at some point it's going to probably be out on Amazon Prime and stuff soon. But, I mean, it's been out for a while. I went to see that, like, early last year, before COVID hit. Okay, I'll look into it. Thank I haven't. Those kind of movies I, I kind of stay away from, like the 12 Years of Slave shit. I mean, we have better, we, there's, there's more to us than those kind of stories. You dig know what I'm saying? Which is true, but the unfortunate part, even in those times versus now, our lives are, um, the oppression is the same. We just have a little bit more freedom, well, a lot more freedom. But the, we're still going through the oppression of the, of the man, <laughs> if that makes any sense. So, yeah. Because changed. we allow it by the way we vote, by the way we the decisions we make, by our cultural inferences, by the media which we are portrayed, which is controlled by Viacom. Well, you see what happened when we stepped out and voted, and um, more black people showed up this time. This um, election, um, it was all fraud per the racist white people. Everything we did was fraud. Which is why I believe that we encompass more than thirteen percent of the population. I know, I know for a fact we probably do, but in order for them to remain the majority they have to finagle something and it has to be numbers otherwise i mean realistically though race wise they're they're dying out left and right there's no way that we are the minority in this country the only thing that will make us lesser than in their eyes is our 
financial margin that we sit in. Other than that, I really feel like we outnumber them in this country, but they'll never say that. I don't know if I outnumber them, but I will say that we may be underrepresented by a lot. Yeah. Now, I, I, I will say- I'm talking millions. Yeah. I will say this. I feel like I'm taking this, like after we, you know, talking about the horrific murders, I feel like I'm taking a step back by talking about inconsequential Republican scumbags, but I just thought this was part was a little bit funny, you know. There is a woman named, uh, what the hell is her name? Caitlin Bennett, she's a provocateur. And I will say one thing, America is the only place where being a provocateur is a like a profession. She's basically just provokes people. She like just walks the street provoking people all day. You know, she's on Infowars, which I didn't think was still a thing after Alex Jones got banned from YouTube. But she had the, and she, Republicans have pretty much mastered the art of the self-own. Like they go out there, like I see Alex Jones getting like coffee thrown in his face and, you know, people dissing him and he puts it and he, and he posted on YouTube for some reason. But this woman thought she was like, I thought it would be interesting to see if people had the courage to say the same things once I took off my disguise. So in other words, she had some goofy Superman type disguise, which means she just wore a hat and some glasses. And she asked people about, you know, like, how do you feel about so about Caitlin Bennett? And then she would be like, haha, I'm Caitlin Bennett. And then I guess she figured they would just be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Can we be friends? And that didn't happen. So she asked some black woman. And I guess she asked her, hey, uh, what do you think about Caitlin Bennett? And she was like, she's a shithead. And she's like, well, what if I told you I am that girl? Do you still think I'm a shithead? And she was just like, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't... Like my opinion didn't change of you, bitch. <laughs> I don't know what she thought would happen, but it's it's the art of the self-own. Like if I if that happened to me, do you think I'd post that? No. I'd burn that. But they were just like, I don't know what point she was trying to prove by posting that, but it's InfoWars. They never made any sense ever. Now this part She's I'm like, just gonna, I'm uh, such and such. And like, okay, I'll, I'll punch such and such in her face. Well, I'm such and such. <laughs> you lucky she didn't get beat up. Because <laughs> nobody likes her. Well, people who actually heard her. Right. Now, this part I'm going to gloss over because I, I kind of, because I live alone, I have the luxury of doing like a, a quote unquote live rehearsal, which is basically me just going over stuff out loud while I'm having breakfast. And I always found like when I talk about Candace Owens, I always get like extra vulgar because I, I despise her. And then I found well, out she married some she married some rich white guy in, in England. And I'm like, do they not have women in England that he had to come to America and, and search to our grease traps for, for women? I don't know. Maybe, her head back. Maybe, maybe I'm being too harsh on her. No, I'm not. No. But she, she got into a flame war with Cardi B, which is never a good idea. And Basically, she uh, Candace Owens got mad over Cardi B's performance at the Grammys, which was I, which I heard. I didn't watch it. I, I'm surprised that they let them. <laughs> did, did they do WAP on the Grammys? They did, but the performance was terrible. Cardi, okay, what everybody was picking on her about was how she was dancing. She was offbeat. She was off rhythm, and she really was dancing like an old woman. Really, I don't know exactly. I can't remember exactly what Candace Owens said because the part of the argument that caught me was when she called her out about her man cheating on her with her brother. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can't remember, but yeah, the, the performance was pretty shitty. 
I, I, I kind of figured the thing it. is she probably did not have monitors. I didn't I didn't see it, but she if she doesn't have monitors, but a, a performance is always going to be off when you don't have monitors in your ears because the music we hear when you're on stage it plays differently. You can't hear it the same. Yeah, and, and like I said, I don't know much about live performances. Oh, hold on, let me turn off my Facebook because well I do because I performed at the Geechee One Awards ceremony in 2013 at the Gilliard Auditorium, and if I didn't have ear monitors, oh my gosh, it was an amazing performance. You should have seen me, Mercedes. I was doing the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> That happened to Mariah Carey on a New Year's Eve performance, and I kind of ragged on it. But one of my friends who does like, like he's like, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to call him a roadie, but he does like, uh, like sound work for performances. And he explained like, if her earpiece was out and she couldn't hear the music, she has no clue what's going on because it's like a live performance and it's all that noise. And without her earpiece, she has no clue when to start singing. Right. So we, so she was lucky it came out the way it did. It could have been a lot worse. But Cardi and uh, Candace got into a flame war. And like I said, it's not a good idea because Candace, I mean, I'm not going to get started because that's a whole show about how much I hate Candace Owens. She's a sellout. She's a bed wench. And she's basically just, you know, a, a, a sister wife for Fox News. And uh, during their flame war, Candace posted a I mean, not Candace, uh, Cardi posted a tweet that supposedly Candace Owens did. And I'll go over that in a second. And she was talking about, not you talking about two women thrusting their vaginas together while your husband and brother slap cocks and balls together. And she's like, would you look at that? Wow. And then she posted this tweet that Candace Owens supposedly did back in November. She said, yes, my husband did cheat on me with my brother. Yes. He said no when I asked to join them. Now, I looked that up on Snopes, and Snopes was like, yes, there were a bunch of websites that talked about that tweet, which is probably why Cardi B might have thought it was a real tweet. But Snopes looked into it, and they could not find any evidence that, in other words, it, that tweet came out around the same time that Candace Owens was ragging on Harry Styles. I still don't know what he does. I just know his name from this controversy that he was in some magazine wearing a dress. And of course, Candace Owens had something to say about it. And then not too long afterwards, that tweet came out, which means somebody probably, I don't know if they hacked her account or they, they spoofed her account or whatever they did. But as far as Snopes can tell, that tweet did not come from Candace Owens, even though they did a pretty good job of making it look like it. And because there, was, there were articles written about it, Cardi B probably thought it was real. Or... Maybe Cardi B knew it was fake and just wanted to troll her. But either which way, like now uh, Candace Owens wants to sue Cardi B. And I'm like, look, you can't, I mean, you started, you basically blame, Cand I mean, blame Cardi B for like the decline of Western civilization. And now you want to get mad because you're throwing mud, but now you got mud on, on your blazer and now you want to get mad. I, she, she is such a paper tiger. Yeah, she, what she got mad at was like, I was like, all this shit was public record. If Cardi had never said it, if we searched deep enough, everybody was going to be able to find it because it's still out there in the media. Yeah. It's just old news. Yeah. But I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, it's Candace Owens. Candace Owens is a clout chaser. You know, she's like the Fox News version of Lil Pump. 
I wish she was a Fox News version of, of Lil Xan because when Lil Xan said that Tupac was boring, people were actually trying to like people were trying to beat him up. <laughs> they were they were literally see him at a store and try and beat him up. And Lil Xan is such a twerp. I'm, I don't condone that because he's such a little twerp. But you know. But on the other on the other note, on good news is that um, what's her name? Um, Candace Owens has her own daytime television show now, and I've never watched it and hearing about it. And you know that I joined Blexit, so I'm a part of her campaign, and I'm going to be doing some media for her. Aren't y'all excited? No, no, no. <laughs> you're not excited for me. No, not at all. <laughs> you're not excited for the new television show with an alternative viewpoint. There's work at the post office, man. You ain't got to. <laughs> you ain't gotta be on her I can't show. read like that. I don't like. I can't sort. I don't have the patience for that. You know how easy it is. I, I'm on the brink of killing people. Don't post people kill people all the time. Don't That's... they be like fuck this shit and throw the mail in the dumpster? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now I have seen that. Done <laughs> <laughs> Put it like this: When I, I used to work in the mail room, and my supervisor said when she came on to that job. <laughs> She said there was literally like four months worth of undelivered mail that she had to deal with when she first got there. So, uh, I mean, if you're a good postman, you're probably the best, but when you're bad, you're terrible. And one last thing before I get into the meat and potatoes is about Dave Rubin. Dave Rubin, I, I don't understand him at all because Dave Rubin is a conservative commentator. He's gay, but nobody that he wants to hang with in those Whoa, conservative and gay? How does that work? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> right? That's the thing. Because these people don't like him. The, I don't I don't remember the name of this dude, but I, I, I have the, the clip. I think I have it saved someplace. And he found out, like, afterwards that Dave Rubin was gay, and he freaked out. He was like, oh, my God. I can't believe I shook hands with that guy. Like he was literally freaking out because he found out Dave Rubin was gay. And that's who he wants to hang with. That's, that's who he wants to be his people. So this is a small thing, but I'll tell you why I mentioned this. Dave Rubin basically confused uh, murder, okay? You know, the Derek Chauvin, the Derek Chauvin, I don't know how to pronounce his name. The guy who killed George Floyd. His trial's coming up soon. Matter of fact, I saw in the Times today that two of the jurors got uh, excused because when they found out about the, about the payout that George Floyd's family got, they said they could no longer be impartial because they figured if there was that big of a payout, this dude's gotta be guilty. So they just have no doubt in their minds. That I mean, and I guess you have to have an open-minded that maybe he could be innocent despite the video evidence, you know? The law. Anyway, um, Dave Rubin, uh, now Keith Ellison, who used to be chair of the, uh, well, co-chair of the Democratic Party, right? He lost out to uh, Tom Perez. And I guess he had some lesser position that didn't mean anything. He ended up being um, attorney general of Minnesota, where, uh, you know, where this whole thing happened. I think it was Minnesota, right? Yes, because uh, well, that's a whole nother matter. I don't want to go out into the weeds here. But Dave Rubin, because they found out that they put third degree murder on the table. So it's first degree murder, second degree murder, third degree murder, all on the table for this trial. I figure it like this, okay? What happened to George Floyd? I'm not a legal expert. I just watch a lot of Law and Order, 
okay? I'm looking at it as second degree murder because yes, he intentionally tried to murder George Floyd. Well, he did murder George Floyd. The man was handcuffed, he was faced, right. he had his knee on his neck, he had his hands in his pockets to drive more pressure to his, to his neck. He killed him in broad daylight. He didn't wake up saying, hey, I wanna kill George Floyd today because that would have been first degree murder, premeditation. So second degree murder is basically willful murder without the premeditation. But I'm guessing that Keith Ellison is figuring, okay, if the juror, I mean, this is my estimation. This is not just how I feel why, why he's putting third degree murder on the table, is that if there are some people who are squeamish about second degree murder, at least they can get him for third degree murder. They may agree to third degree murder and he'll still do at least 10 years, even though he deserves to be in prison for life, right? Because I guess he figures we got to get something on this guy. We can't let this animal loose on the streets. So Dave Rubin figured that he's putting third degree murder out there, you know, to incite the Black Lives Matter folks and the Antifa folks because he feels that they're the arm of the Democratic Party. But he thought that third degree murder was worse than first degree murder. Okay. So he's figuring that they had first and second degree in his mind that were lesser and third degree was the worst. So he figures now they're trying to put third degree because they figure if they don't get him for third degree murder, then there's gonna be riots. And that's what the Democrats want because Antifa and Black Lives Matter work directly for the Democrats. And I'm watching this and I'm just like, I think he's confusing it with burns because a third degree burn is worse than a first degree burn, right? Third degree burn is you're in the hospital, there's skin grafts, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. That's like permanent damage. He's probably confusing it with burns, okay? First degree murder is way worse than third degree murder, okay? Dave Rubin is an idiot, but here's my thing, okay? I'm just a schlub on the internet, right? I Google stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't have a research team because I'm not on television. So I don't have a team of people whose job it is to look this shit up and make sure that it's right before you go on TV. And even people on TV can make mistakes, like Whoopi Goldberg making the mistake of thinking that Dr. Jill Biden was a medical doctor, you know, because she probably just went off script or they didn't look it up because she she said that, well, you know, Jill Biden could be uh Surgeon General and Sonny was like, no, nah, she's not that type of doctor. She's a doctorate in education. You know, these things happen even to the best of us. But you figure a mistake like that, like why? So either Dave Rubin knew and he thinks his audience are idiots or he's the idiot. But either which way, just the fact that he's trying to get this whole, you know, get people against Black Lives Matter and Antifa is just basically. That's just what they do because they have nothing. Republicans have nothing, absolutely nothing. And they're starting to feel things slip away, which is why they're trying to tighten their grip without having to actually offer anything. Put it like this, okay? I, uh, either last week or the week before, I talked about Joe Biden's pretend mandate, right? Because you figure, okay, Joe Biden won by what? 7 million votes? Right. But yeah, somewhere when, around there. But when you look at it, right, the four the four states that Joe Biden had that he won 
he won those states by combined, all four of those states combined, which I believe was Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, um, and then I think Ohio. Yeah. Was it Ohio? I don't have. No, 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 no. I have to look, but I know it was definitely Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Arizona. The I didn't think there was a was there a fourth one tied up into that. Well, there was a fourth one that it, that if Biden had lost all four of those states, he would have lost the election. Trump would have won, and he won those four states by a combined total of about one hundred and thirty thousand votes. Figure it like this: in twenty sixteen, Trump won North Carolina by one hundred and forty thousand votes. No, I'm sorry, I take that back: one hundred and seventy thousand. But he won the election really on one hundred and forty thousand. Yeah. About 130,000 votes. I think 126,000 to be exact, right? So he, so even though he won the popular vote by a lot, he really just didn't really, he doesn't really have a, a, a real mandate. He has what he has by the skin of his teeth, okay? So- I don't know how accurate this is that we're looking at right now, but it says Hawaii. No, 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 I'm, no. I'm like, it says um, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Yeah. And Hawaii. I don't know why those were questionable. But I didn't know Hawaii was a questionable state during that time. No, Hawaii, Hawaii wouldn't be a swing state. Hawaii is pretty democratic. And then it's, it's four electoral votes. It's only four. Yeah, Hawaii. So, no, I don't Hawaii, know. Hawaii wouldn't have been in it. It would have been, um, I know, Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Georgia for sure. And then it lists, it says uh, um, Michigan, Nevada, and Wisconsin. The six battleground states that won um, and Trump contested. And then it mentions Hawaii for some reason right here. I don't know why, because I, I never remember them mentioning Hawaii at all. Hawaii, in, in, in this, in the scheme of things, Hawaii would have been insignificant. But figure yeah. it like this, right? You figure California, 55 electoral votes, right? Yeah. You figure uh, Joe Biden won California by uh, 5 million votes. Right. And there were, uh, let me see, 17 million people who voted in California, just, I mean, between Biden and, when I talk about the people who voted, I'm talking about just for Biden and uh, Trump. I'm not including the other candidates, just those two, just, just to clarify, right? You figure California with their elect with their 55 electoral votes, right? Biden won that state. There were 17 million people that voted. Biden won that state by five million votes. Pretty decisive victory. New York, 29 electoral votes. Okay. Biden won that state by uh all by all by a little less than two million votes, 1.9 right. million votes, right? Eight million people total voted you know, between Biden and, and Trump, right? So you figure uh, a deep red state like Texas or deep red, well, Florida, I wouldn't call it deep red because they've been democratic at times, but the last few elections they've gone uh, Republican. So we'll just call them a red state, right? So you figure a red state like Florida or a red state like Texas, you figure the margins would be similar, right? So you figure Florida, 10 million people voted in Florida, but Trump only won Florida by 370,000 votes. You figure Texas, 
I, I'll ask you this, Sin. How many votes do you think Trump won by in Texas? Just, just figuring it's Texas. 200,000, 300,000? More than that, but still. You figure 11 million people voted in Texas and Trump won by 630,000. Now you figure less people voted in New York, but Biden won by 1.9 million votes. So you figure like this, Texas and Florida are slowly kind of turning around. You figure like this, let's just say the Democrats get control of Texas and they get control of Florida, right? If they have all four of those states, that's off the bat 151 electoral votes between those four states, which means that after that, you'd only need 119 electoral votes to win there'd be no path to victory. So, and I'm pretty sure that somebody's looking at those numbers. They're looking at how in a lot of these deep blue states, they're really deep. And even in their tentpole states, like Texas, like Florida, they're losing ground. I was kind of shocked when I saw the numbers and I saw that I wasn't that shocked for Florida, but I was that shocked for Texas. I'm like, only they only won by 600,000 votes in Texas. But I have to remember, where are all the, the Democrats in Texas? They're in San Antonio. They're in Austin. They're in Dallas. But you know what? Fundamentally, on paper, mm -hmm. one would it would make more sense for one to be a Republican. Smaller government, right? <laughs> As I, and I think Democrats give out too many handouts and don't people doesn't allow people to be responsible for themselves in a lot of cases. I mean, when it's all said and done, though, red and blue reminds me of Crips and Bloods. You know, I'm L.A. bound from L.A., so, you know, I know all about this. You know what I'm saying? My daddy was an OG, you know, OGG, you know what I'm saying? Monster Blue, you probably don't know nothing about that. But anyways, I said that to say this. I wish that Biden would just be brave enough to be like, an executive order to this dismantle Republican, Democratic, and we just be people, you know what I'm saying? We just be who we are. And I wish he would mandate that representatives actually represented their people, either through town halls or email lists or online voting or something like that, instead of voting in their best interest. But the thing I wish for the most is that lobbying was outright banned and you cannot have any special interest if you're serving the country in that capacity. My, and, and the lobbying thing, I agree with you 1000% because you figure it like this. I talk about this all the time, Obamacare, right? Uh, Obama had a super majority. He could have passed anything and it would have went through. He said that he was not gonna pass Obamacare without the uh, public option, but it went through without the public option. So how did the public option not be in there? lobbyists, because all these people, all these lobbyists put the pressure on their politicians to pluck out the public option. Now, for those who don't know, a public option would, would have meant that you would have had a government-run healthcare system that would compete against private healthcare and would force them to lower their prices. Because if you had uh, a government healthcare, I'm just making up numbers here, that for the for private insurance was giving you a, a policy for I'm making up numbers here $500 a month 
and the government could do it for $100 a month because they're not spending money on CEOs and overhead and all this other stuff. Who would you go with? If you're getting the same exact coverage, you'd probably go with the government if the, if the coverage was exactly the same. So they didn't want to compete with the government. Now, the only reason why the government would step in into something like this is if the market is failing. So if you have a product that you can't afford, but you need to live, then the government is inclined to be like, okay, well, we'll provide that service. But they knew that it would really hurt these CEOs and all these executives. So they lobbied their people to get that out. If there was no money in politics, I'm not going to say that everybody would be the best, but at least their intentions would be clear. Because you figure somebody like Joe Manchin, the only reason why, well, now Joe Manchin is more personal. Only reason why he didn't want $15 minimum wage is because one of his uh, businesses that he owns, he has a 50% stake in a hotel where he pays people like $11 an hour. So he doesn't want to pay them $15 an hour. So he voted against the $15 minimum wage. Why Kristen Cinema did it, I don't know. We don't know how much she's worth. Her net worth, the people are still trying to figure that out. But the eight Democrats who voted against the $15 minimum wage, seven of them were uh, millionaires, multimillionaires. So yeah, money in politics is possibly one of the worst things that could happen. Uh, and I right hope the voters, for those Democrats that voted against it, I hope those voters keep this in mind and keep that same energy and vote their asses out. Well, and, and, that's, and that's the, it should be the easy part that makes it the hard part because you get people who are caught up in all this, especially the Republicans, right? In all this identity politics crap. John Iarola from uh, Young Turks brought up a point. I'm gonna expand on it, right? I, my friends bristle at the fact when I come out and I say, hey, um, Republican party's racist, right? They have racist ideals and they're, they're against freedom and they're against democracy. They bristle when I say that. And then they're like, look, I'm not a Republican for the racism. I'm a Republican because I believe in fiscal responsibility and I believe in, but I'm also uh, have economic anxiety because our jobs are going to China and Mexico and all this other stuff, right? So that is a valid point. That's a point I could debate you on. But here's the thing about that. What about the Republican agenda is speaking to those issues? So if you're not worried about Mr. Potato Head's genitals, you're not worried about Dr. Seuss books you've never read. You're not worried about cartoon characters like Pepe Le Pew you haven't watched in 20 years. You're worried about putting food on the table. You're worried about making sure you have enough money for daycare. You're making sure you have enough money to live. You don't want to choose between your kid needing braces and paying your rent for the next couple of months. You want to make sure that when you go to work and work your one job or two job or three jobs, that you're getting ahead and not just barely getting by. What Republican policy is supporting that? What Republican policy is going to help you achieve that basic goal of survival? That's the question I can't get anybody to answer when I, when I jump on these Republicans on the forums. They'll, first thing they'll say is, 
Oh, Joe Biden. Oh, Bernie has three houses. Oh, Nancy Pelosi has a $12,000 freezer. Yeah, I, I talk about that as well. I mean, they I'm don't not- have an answer for it. You'll never be able to get an answer for it because if it doesn't, it doesn't fit their narrative to answer. Yeah, but the problem is these are the voters I'm talking to and they yeah, don't have an answer, but, they, but the cognitive dissonance is so strong, they can't just say, wow, I'm a sucker, you know? Uh, I don't know who said this quote originally. I think some people said it was Abraham Lincoln. I don't think it was Lincoln. But it goes along the lines of it's easier to, uh, to fool someone than to convince them that they've been fooled. Because no one likes to be a sucker. You know, sometimes you get tricked and you're just like, well, I won't be fooled again. I'll know what to do next time. And some people will alter reality to make what they said right. So you have, let's take George Floyd, for instance, right? You have people, uh, damn, I saw this tweet and I I forgot to put it on my board. Also from John (laughs) Iroa. But he was basically saying that basically Fox News I don't want to butcher the tweet because it's actually a really good tweet. But it's along the lines of Fox News is basically nothing more than rich racists convincing poor racists that racists don't exist and that the people who you're being racist against are the actual racists. (laughs) Something like that. But it's basically what it is. Like you figure Tucker Carlson has always been rich, right? Those Swanson home dinners that you pass over in a supermarket for lean cuisines or only buy when you have a coupon, that's Tucker Carlson's family. He's heir to the Swanson fortune. And he's been that way since his dad married that the heiress when he was a little kid. So since he was a little kid, he's always had money. So that, that 18, you know, 15, $18 million he earns per year on Fox News, that's just spending cash for him. That's vacation money. So but he's a rich racist who convinces poor racists that racism doesn't exist. That, oh no, Derek Derek Chauvin didn't uh, strangle George Floyd in the street because, um, I'm sorry, what do they say? Derek Chauvin, I mean, uh, George Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose. Oh yeah, yeah, you know what it was? He swallowed a pill and Derek Chauvin was just using the knee to the back of his neck to just dislodge the pill. He's a hero. (laughs) Like you can't look at that video and see anything else but murder. But somehow the Fox News crowd does it. You know why? Cognitive dissonance. Because then they'd have to admit, hey, the party that I follow are a bunch of overt virulent racists. And I'm a part of it. They look in the mirror, they don't like what they see. I mean, I'll put it like this. I'm not a Democrat anymore because I looked at what the Democrat, what Democratic leadership was doing. And I'm like, I can't be a part of this. Now, I, I, I feel like Bernie Sanders in that I'm an independent, but I caucus with Democrats. You know, because I mean, what am I gonna do, go Republican? Oh, I'm mad at the vampire hunter, so I'm going to join the vampires? Yeah, okay. That's pretty, please, that's pretty, that's pretty stupid. Please <laughs> no. Please no. <laughs> so that's never going to happen. Now, if there is a, if there's a, re, a Republican out there 
who has proven to be somebody for the people, and he's better than his Democratic opponent, I'd vote for him. But that's kind of like me saying, if Rosario Dawson asked me out, I'd say yes. It falls along that line of fantasy. Like that's never gonna happen because that's not what their party is all about. Their party is not about helping the people. Their party is about helping the corporations who give them money. That's all. Now, I had a lot of reading to do. I'm not gonna get to it, <laughs> but I wanna, I, I wanna ask anybody who's listening, talk to your Republican friends and ask, nope. them, and ask them a question, okay? What part of keeping people from voting, so it's predominantly black people who are trying to keep from voting, but it's really just gonna affect anybody in that area. So you figure Georgia's trying to pass a whole bunch of new voting laws, right? 48 page bill in Georgia that they're trying to pass, right? So bear with me here, I'm gonna try to read a little bit of this, okay? Uh, they want to limit weekend early voting uh, to one Saturday before the election. Um, they want to take away uh, voting on Sundays because they had what they call a sold to the polls, where people would go to church and then they would go to vote early after okay. church. You know, that was really big here in North Carolina. They called it something different, but in Georgia, they called it sold to the polls, right? Um, they are basically, um, in Georgia, you were allowed to cast absentee ballots without excuses. Now they're saying that they want it to be, only way you can cast an absentee ballot is if you are disabled, if you're elderly, or if you're out of town. Because the bail-in ballots were the way that they, people were getting around all the voter suppression. So they said, hey, listen, we're gonna do voter ID laws, right? You have to have an ID in order to vote in Georgia. So black people were like, fine, we'll just go get the voter IDs. So I said, ah, 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 we're just gonna take away all the DMVs in your area so that you can't go get a voter ID, right? So what are they supposed to do? That's voter suppression. And that happened because they allowed the Supreme Court on a five to four vote uh, uh, gutted the provision in the Voting Rights Act that said that certain states like Georgia, like Texas, you know, that have a history of voter suppression, you cannot make voter laws unless it goes through that committee. And if that committee says, okay, that's restricting people from voting, it can't go through. Two days after that law was gutted, Texas had voter ID laws. Two days. After the Supreme Court's ruling, Texas was like, we got voter ID laws now. If you look at wow. the map for Texas, right, a lot of those areas are perfect squares. The only squares that aren't perfect are the ones that are near like the borders, right? But like the top of Texas, where it has that almost that, that weird uh, box shape, all perfect squares for all those voting areas. When you get to Southeastern Texas, right? Which right. is where you have Dallas and Houston and San Antonio, right? It's all over the place. How do you think that one-eyed piece of shit, uh, what's his name? I, I, and you know, Dan Crenshaw, I know he lost his eye fighting for our country. No, he went overseas so we can kill Muslims, okay? 
that dude is not a patriot. I'm sorry he lost his eye. I'm pretty sure it sucks. But <laughs> he is a, he's just a, a piece of shit. Let's just be real. Okay? How do you think he became a rep in Houston? Who is he representing in Houston? Look at his district. Look how look how it's drawn. That's how he won a district in Houston. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. But here's the thing. Ask your Republican friends. If you could, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Okay. Do, are we supposed to have Republican friends? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I barely have any Republican friends left on my page. They can't stand me because they love Trump so much. And the fact that I rag on Trump on a near, on a near daily basis, they can't stand it. Like, I, I had uh, I had a whole bunch of my Republican friends uh, cancel me. I, I hate using that term, but it's what they did. Because I made a post and I said, the second worst thing that happened to America was Donald Trump surviving COVID-19. <laughs> the worst, of course, is him being president. Canceled. Everybody, all my, most of my Republican friends were just like, that's the last straw. How dare you, you know? How dare you talk bad about a man I've never met and has never done anything for me and my family except possibly incite us to go do a riot and get put in prison and not get pardons. How dare you, you know? <laughs> I know some of my, I know some of them were like, you black bastard, how dare you? <laughs> the audacity the audacity <laughs> to rag on our president he's your president too and meanwhile with Obama's office he's not my president <laughs> uh, nobody nobody ever checks their own hypocrisy but here's the thing right? I, mean, I guess if you have a, a, a leader and I'm putting air quotes around that but a leader that aligns with your racist and hateful beliefs Mm -hmm. um that you can sugarcoat oh he's not that racist he has one black friend like what like as long as you have someone to align with your beliefs i mean he's gonna continue to have a following unfortunately he's oh, yeah. probably gonna have people to follow him until the 2024 election because they want him here now i don't have video to support this but uh farron cousins he's on ring of fire he said that when trump came back to new york like only one person was there to greet him and here's the thing, that's not surprising because New York hates Trump. Yeah, they're a blue state too. Yeah, and, and I mean, they've always hated Trump. Trump has never yeah. been popular in New York, except Ever. to except the sycophants. People who, people who, and here's the thing, the definition of a sycophant is basically somebody who embarrasses themselves for somebody in power, but they get something out of it. That's the main part about the sycophant because other than that, they're just ass kissers but the sycophant gets something out of it. Sarah Huckabee Sanders was a sycophant. What's she gonna get? Now she's gonna be governor of Arkansas. She's running for governor of Arkansas and she's definitely gonna win uh, because, speaking be, of, because it's Arkansas. <laughs> well, speaking of people that um, back Trump and got nothing out of it, did you guys see where Stacey Trash, I mean, Stacey Dash um, was saying how she was a pawn for Trump and Fox News and all uh, that kind of stuff? I know y'all saw that. Yeah, we, we, we talked about that a little bit on um, 
on the Saturday show. The, the problem I have with Stacey Dash is that Stacey Dash is, is the same reason why I get on Candace Owens. Here's the thing. I have friends who are black conservatives, but they believe. You understand? Yeah. They believe this whole, they believe this bullshit wholeheartedly. So this way, if you believe it like that, I can debate you. You understand? So yeah. we can go we can go back and forth on policy if this is something that you really believe in, if you believe in that conservatism. So if you or even even my centrist friends who have conservative ideals, like you know, uh not uh feeling like the stuff is handouts, stuff like that. I could debate you on that, right? And I could say, listen, you know, this is why I think um you should reconsider. We can have an honest debate about that. But people like Stacey Dash, people like Candace Owens, the problem is, is that they do it for the money. Because we were talking about Stacey Dash's filmography. Uh, there's not really much of one. I mean, every time they mention Stacey Dash, what do they talk about? That movie Clueless, that came out in 1995. Okay. She was in, uh, what was she, like Mo Money with Damon Wayans? Maybe a couple of years after that, and everything else she's done has just been has just been forgettable dreck. She was on TV like four years ago. She was on like uh, some dumb chef show, and she was on the Eric Andre show. And I know who you I know you probably like who the hell is Eric Andre? Some comedian dude. And it she really hasn't been on much, right? You know, so she saw this Fox News gig as a job. A paycheck, you know, I'll come on and be the angry black woman and they'll give me money. Now, I don't know if she's making like, she definitely wasn't making like Bill O'Reilly money or uh, Tucker Carlson money or uh, what's the other racist on there? Oh, what's the, <laughs> what, what's the other racist on there? It's Fox News. Uh, I'll, I'll give, uh, not Chris Matthews. Uh, there's Shep Smith was actually pretty decent. He actually left Fox News because he was like, yeah, I, I've done this bullshit long enough. And as Chris Wallace, I'll give Chris Wallace props. He, he's basically the straight man in a racist comedy. But all those other cats like Jesse Waters and all them, you know, yeah. And she figured she would she would cash in on this. And now she's out in the cold. And now she's like, well, maybe if I play like I'm the victim, maybe Black America will take me back. And I, I joked about it on a friend's uh, on a friend's post because they were like, you know, somebody was joking, like, you're going to let her back at the barbecue. And I'm like, hey, anybody who even tells her about the barbecue, excommunicated, like, don't tell her shit. If you want to let her back in the black community, that's up to you, but I'm not. Because it's, it's she didn't really believe in that shit. It was all for money. Candace Owens does what she does for money. The fact that she married a rich guy is par for the course for her. You know, right. All, well, to, to quote to, to quote Vincent Price, all she ever wanted to be was a rich widow. <laughs> I remember when I first heard Candace Owens. I can't remember exactly who she was standing up to, but it was definitely a panel of white people, and mm -hmm. she sounded pretty intelligent to me. It was she was definitely back in the black community and the struggle in the black community. Then the more I looked into Candace Owens, the more I disliked her, and I was like, "You bitch, pick a side." <laughs> Which. Which dick you gonna suck today? You know what I'm saying? She just basically it, just, it was it was it was it was too confusing for me. She contradicts herself a lot, and I just can't vibe with someone like that. I don't give a damn if you're who you are. She she just she 
she says things to fit the own narrative of her, of her own mindset, which isn't very stable. So you can't really pay her much mind, yeah. in my opinion. Um, one thing that I did want to throw out there, since we're talking about politics, um, this weekend, um, for about three, four days, three days, I visited our, our great um, capital, uh, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to see what it was like to be of course i went for total different reasons i'll share those in our group chat but um i did go to national the national mall park which is where all the monuments are where the capitol building is where the white house is um i went up there and um i just wanted to see what it was like and how easily accessible the capitol building is now they do have gates up like crazy right now the gates seem a bit misplaced um however they are circling the white house they have this big extensive gate around the white house which Mm -hmm. is then around the gate that already exists around the White House. So I went towards the Capitol building and there isn't as much security as you would assume, but there's definitely this big crazy fence. So for me, being the person I am and how accessible all of our Capitol buildings are, you know, state to state, I just wondered how the fuck did they let that shit happen? Now we're not gonna talk about the whole insurrection thing, but I just wanted like how in the hell in that city that bustling city, that city has to be as busy as New York City, if not busier. How in the hell did they let that shit happen? Because on any given day when I was near the Capitol, I actually stayed in a hotel that wasn't far from the Capitol at all. It was like two train rides to the Capitol, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so, I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Because if Black people would have rolled up on the edge of, um, what is, what's the name of the, uh, what's the road that it sits on? I walked the whole strip of that damn road the other day and I can't even think of the name. But anyway, it's right there. And they would have shut us down immediately. You guys had to build fences to keep these people out. Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah, Pennsylvania Avenue. There you go. (laughs) Now, I I, I, I will say this, though, uh, Mercedes, a lot of that stuff did not go up until after the uh, after the riots. But that's what I'm saying. Like, even with it down, like if I take the fences out of my visual, I don't understand how they were able to still so easily access those places. If you see how they have security set up, I don't even know if they had security. Okay, again, taking the fences out. The men that were physically sitting around National Mall Park, whatever they want to call that big ass area, it doesn't make sense to me. There were guys with rifles sitting on the bottom of the Lincoln Memorial. Is that always a thing or is it just a thing because of that shit? You know what I'm saying? I just don't remember that being a thing no, when I went to go visit the Lincoln Memorial when I was always a kid. Have security. I don't know if the security is always armed to the teeth like that. Yeah. But uh, I will say this: when they had, um, I don't know, I don't know if it was a Black Lives Matter rally that they had. When they had that, they had police, and I'll, I'll I'll see if I can find the pictures. But they had police in full riot gear, like nobody was getting the Capitol that day if that was going to happen. I mean, that was not their intention. They were just there for a rally, but they were had, you know, they look like, they look like stormtroopers, you know, they were, they were fully armored and they were just ready, like for any sort of, of, of trouble. And right. on that day, they were just like, yeah, whatever, you know, come on in. I'm not going to stop you. Right. <laughs> they had, they had videos of cops moving barricades for the, for the protesters. Yeah, you want to get in? Here you go. Screech. Go. Like, you know, I mean, 
I don't want to badmouth the police. Well, you know that's not true. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of those Capitol cops were, and then I do feel bad for the ones who got hurt trying to do their job though. I mean, one poor guy got, uh, they killed him. Uh, I think they were trying to charge that to a murder. Cause they, 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 they killed him with a, they beat him to death with a fire hydrant. One of them got beat up with a, uh, with a blue lives. I don't know if it was a blue lives matter flag. Yeah, they didn't. They, they, yeah, they didn't end up killing that guy that they beat with the blue lives matter pole flag. They didn't end up killing him because they interviewed him after and he said he couldn't believe that he was getting beat with the very thing that they upheld for police so lives. lives matter flag. I thought that was just an exaggeration on the blue lives matter flag. So no, they, it really was no. a blue lives matter flag they beat him with. Yeah, it was a video. There was a video showing it. Yeah, I'll find the video for you. But yeah, they really, and he, when he told the story, he said they even took me, took my gun from me. And one was about to shoot me. And then there was another one, I guess, one that had a little bit of a heart, stopped that situation so that he could get up. And he kind of protected him from the rest of the insurrectionists. Yes, they were beating him with a flagpole that they had attached to this big ass, massive fucking Blue Lives Matter flag. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, they're sick. I mean, blue lives only matter when they're protecting white supremacy. And then when they're in their way, they're expendable. Yeah. They're absolutely expendable. You know, we, the woman, the woman that got shot in the face by one of the uh by one of the Capitol Police, they were trying to lionize her like as, as a hero. And I'm like, no. You're not a hero. I don't need to know your name. I purposely didn't learn her name. On, I did that on purpose. Like, I don't know her name. I just know her as the woman who got shot in the face. That's all I know her as. Oh, the chick that died? Yeah. I fuck her. Because they were like, well, you know, if we're going to talk about George Floyd, why can't we talk about a bullet face chick? <laughs> and we were just like, I mean, no. these are the same people. It's not the same thing. No, These were the same close. people that were recreating the George Floyd suffocation on the Capitol steps right before they breached the doors of the Capitol building. So fuck them and fuck her too. No, this was right no. before she died. You were yeah. part of the, the hatred. And, and you guys had a noose at the end of the... Yeah. I, I, I Okay, again, I was there this week. I don't see how they were able to drag all that shit up there. Again, take the fences away. Take security away. If you see how it's set up around the Capitol building, it makes no sense to me. How did you guys let that happen? How did it get that far? And it's probably because a lot of them fucking cops and Trump supporters, they damn selves. There were some innocent ones and there were some ones that were part of that shit. That's what it was. The ones were the ones who were getting beat up and killed. Right, exactly. So again, in Washington, D.C., for me, it's all about the legalization of marijuana. It's the closest thing to South Carolina with legal, you know, marijuana. But um, yeah, that's that's why I like the city. So <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I drove seven hours for three days. But anyway, yeah, it's a it's a nice city though. Um, I will say one thing: I will definitely be going back to visit. I'll probably be taking my kids up there in the next few weeks to see the monuments. You know all that crap. But I don't know. It's not somewhere that I would live. So it is. It is expensive out there to live. It is, know, especially it is. if you're in, like, in DC, like near, like the Capitol and the White House. I mean that. My uh, my old supervisor. I, I always call. I call her my aunt. She was the only person on the job who ever really looked out for me. But um, 
at least at least in the department that I worked in. The rest yeah. of the company was actually pretty cool. But um, she told me that her father owned some land near the Capitol, right? Okay. And and some real estate people bought it off them. And she said that um, they gave him good money for that land. Like it was, an offer, it. it was an offer he couldn't refuse. But now that land is worth like 10 times more than that now. Like now she's like, I can't even afford to walk over there where that land is now. That's how much it's worth now. I'll put it like this, even in New York, the little brownstone that I grew up in before we moved to Long Island, you know, when I was a little kid, uh, our crappy little two-story brownstone, right? Where we had like, you know, we were the downstairs family, there was an upstairs family, right? So we had two right. families living there. You know, my dad used to own that brownstone and he sold it because he didn't like being a landlord because he didn't like people's bullshit stories about why they didn't have the rent. <laughs> <laughs> so he ended up selling the brownstone, right? I looked it up uh, a couple months back. That same crappy little brownstone is now worth $1.2 million. You know, and then when you said that, okay, so I was walking down the street at night and I saw this big um, sign that said something about a, a pending option that was coming up um, on like this... Uh, I assumed it was an apartment building, but you know, real estate is a little bit different in big cities like that. And it said the auction was starting for this particular building for $2.6 million. And you could literally see the Capitol building if you stood in the middle of the street at the opposite end. So yeah, I believe it. Real estate there is ridiculous. You're better off standing in a hotel. <laughs> it's, 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 it's expensive to live there. Yeah, you're better off living in a hotel. Literally, I just, I was, I stayed at uh, the Hilton um, while I was there and I pay like $63 a night. So it's like dirt cheap right now. But I mean, $63 a night, 30 days, that's like $1,800, $1,900. Yeah, that's a lot cheaper than owning real estate or even buying a house. I'm pretty sure your mortgage is going to be double that. From when I was literally staying, not, I wasn't that far from the Capitol either. I think I was one train station stop away from the Capitol where I was staying. So yeah, it's crazy. And, and and there was another thing. I, I learned how to ride the train. You guys, I know it sounds so weird, but I've never taken public transportation so in my life. So I now, learned how to take it in DC. I, yeah. I, I will say this. I haven't rode the trains in DC in a very long time. Yeah. It, actually, it's been almost 15 years since I've been back to DC. But growing up in New York, like the DC train line is pretty, I could see for people who never rode public transportation, how it could be uh, a bit confusing, but once you once you ride it a little while, it's you know it's actually pretty easy to, to catch on to. I mean, there's like what is like five lines, and they're all color coded. So like I think there's like blue line, orange line, red line. I forget the other colors. But yeah, um, um, silver. I think it's silver. In in DC, it was silver, yellow, red, blue, and I think there was one other color. Silver line. Is that the new line? Because I know they were building a new line when I about the time when I left. I know it may it may have been and you know what the good thing is too your um your apps your your map apps and your uber apps and all those apps they give you they show you how to ride the train i didn't know that until i was playing around with the uber and lyft app and then also i was trying to gps something and you know how you can change your little guy from like if you're walking somewhere to you're riding somewhere they have this one that looks like a little bus slash train and if you click on it, it'll tell you the easiest ways to get from one place to the next. Um, 
by public trans and I didn't know that and it's probably because um down here in the south in the Carolinas where we live I don't know about you guys but our public transit isn't near as advanced as advanced here it's just a bus system that only runs for about nine hours a day so yeah so that was pretty awesome and with that type of technology you could definitely move to a big city and figure it out yeah exactly but I know we could do this all day Mercedes what are your final thoughts um, I don't know. Stay black and die, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much it. But um, as far as what we talked about today, I mean, we do have um a bunch of questionable people out there in the world with our skin color when it comes down to conservatism. Is that that's the thing? Um, just be aware of them. That's why I don't have a lot of my friends. Just being completely honest with you. Mr. Blue, what are, what are your final thoughts? Um, I think he's on mute. I'm sorry, that was a long extended pregnant pause. Um, my final <laughs> thoughts are, this world is crazy. Just take care of yourself. Yeah, exactly. I, I will say this. Um, I know some people are still skeptical about the uh, about the vaccines. Uh, listen to your doctors. Uh, check the CDC websites. If you have been vaccinated, check the CDC websites to see what you can and cannot do. Okay. But uh, please get vaccinated. If you have people who are on the fence about it, help them get vaccinated because I mean, like I said, I was skeptical at first, but I'm on the line waiting to get vaccinated so I can, you know, go home and visit my dad, you know, stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's important. I understand the skepticism, especially if you look back in, in history, black people and science, as far as like human experimentation, <laughs> Tuskegee experiment, I get it. But we got to look past that and we got to get vaccinated because uh, COVID hit star has been hitting the black community the hardest, right next to Hispanic and um, Native American communities. So, you know, we got to get this done so we can get back to normal as soon as possible. So, Mr. Blue, play us off, sir. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown podcast featuring hit shows such as Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Also, don't forget about our sister station, Morning Therapy, hosting great shows such as He She Said, He Said, and A Man's Perspective. The Urban Breakdown is available on all streaming podcast apps. All. Every single last one. <laughs> be well, be great. Thank you.